Hi, I'm Jim Stroud, and this is my podcast. Do you work in an office or do you work from home? According to a 2017 Gallup study, 43% of Americans report spending at least some time working remotely. So chances are you do some work from home. Now, depending on who you ask, that's a good thing. Working from home allows workers the flexibility to maintain that careful work-life balance. And companies benefit from the increased productivity. So working remote is a win-win all around or... Is it? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> In this episode of the Jim Stroud Podcast, I report on the good and bad of remote work while asking the question, is the future of work at home or at the office? Entrepreneur Kylie Jenner makes an estimated $1 million per sponsored post on her Instagram, which makes her the highest paid celebrity influencer on the social media platform, according to the 2018 Instagram Rich List compiled by Hopper HQ and Automated Instagram Scheduler. Jenner is followed by singer Selena Gomez, who gets $800,000 per sponsored post, and star soccer player Cristiano Ronaldo, who earns $750,000. Together, these and other up-and-coming stars contribute to the $1 billion influencer market, which is expected to double in value this year. Now, all that is great until there is an Instagram bug and you lose over a million followers, which happened to Kim Kardashian, Justin Bieber, and several others. If it could happen to them, it could most definitely happen to you. The moral of the story? Don't build your house on rented land. I suggest you do what I did and get your own mobile app with Superpass. Superpass makes cutting-edge content apps easy, instant, and affordable. So whether you already have content or are looking to start making money by selling your podcasts or videos online, Superpass can help. So sure, Build up an audience on social media, but drive the traffic to a property you own, and that property should be Superpass. For more information, visit Superpass at www.superpass.app. That's www.supapass.app. Superpass.app. And be sure to tell them Jim Strauss sent you. In 2013, the CEO of Yahoo, Marissa Mayer, caused a media firestorm when she banned the practice of working from home. CNN reported on it back then and said this. It has been almost eight months since Marissa Meyer took over as the CEO of Yahoo. And in that time, she's put her mark on the company. She's done a lot of things from big to small, including bringing in free food and giving employees brand new smartphones. That does a lot for morale at a company that suffered from a lack of it. But her latest move took serious um, courage. A Yahoo corporate memo leaked to all things D reads in part, to become the absolute best place to work, communication and collaboration will be important, so we need to be working side by side. That is why it is critical that we are all present in our offices. That was a way of saying the beginning in June, all Yahoo employees working at home will be required to work in the Yahoo office or leave the company. Now there's two ways to look at this decision. One. Marissa Meyer needs to cut Yahoo staff, and this is a good way to clear out people who literally and figuratively don't want to be there. 
And two, Meyer genuinely, genuinely believes her employees will be more productive at work, not at home. And that is the point that has caused the most controversy. About 10% of American workers regularly work from home at least one day a week. And all day today, analysts and reporters and bloggers have been taking sides over Meyer's decision. It's a decision that if it spreads could affect programmers, operators, and most prominently, work at home moms and dads. Shortly thereafter, a slew of articles hit the web promoting the pros and cons of working remotely. One study that has been cited a lot since then was done by C-Trip, which is China's largest travel agency. C-Trip wanted to test a work-from-home policy with the hope that it would reduce office costs because rent was rising up in Shanghai and to reduce the rate of staff turnover, which was 50%. <laughs> I read about this in Harvard Business Review, uh, and here are a few quotes from that article. So what were the results of the experiment? Well, the performance of the home workers went up dramatically, increasing by 13% over the course of nine months. This increase in output came mainly from a rise in the number of minutes they worked during each shift, which was due to a reduction in the number of breaks and sick days that they took. The home workers were also more productive per minute, which employees told us in detailed surveys was due to the quieter working conditions at home. Further on in the article, it says the rate of staff turnover fell sharply for the home workers, dropping by almost 50% compared to the control group. The home workers also reported substantially higher work satisfaction and less work exhaustion in a psychological attitude survey. And further down in the article, it says uh, this to their surprise, half of the home workers changed their minds and returned to working at the office. The main reason seems to be that people who work from home were lonely. The fact that so many workers rejected working from home because they felt lonely was interesting to me because more often than not, people are embracing the trend. Indeed.com published some data proving that job seekers were looking for flexible working arrangements more than ever. Keyword searches on their site like remote, telecommute, and work from home was up 32% year over year. No doubt people liked the idea of designing their workday, allowing them to keep their cold and flu germs to themselves. <laughs> Thank you very much. And to run without losing a whole workday, rather running errands, <laughs> without losing a whole workday, which ultimately makes them more present for their teammates. Uh, in addition to that, I think people who work remote also like the money savings. Now, this website, uh, Simple Texting, shared a lot of data related to working remotely. Let me share a few of their stats that I found interesting. Working from home saves you a lot of money on gas. If you live in uh, Los Angeles, Dallas, or Seattle, then that's about $500, give or take. The most savings represented uh, was by my hometown, <laughs> Atlanta, Georgia, where the average annual savings on gas was about $555 annually. Wow. 
Now, avoiding commute traffic saves you time as much as 343 hours in New York, 269 hours in Philadelphia, and 294 hours in Chicago. Now, whether you work remote or in an office, your salary is about the same, at least among the most common remote jobs. Uh, unless you are something like a speech language pathologist, teacher, or tutor, then on average you are making more <laughs> than people who are working in an office. Now, if you are a client services director, however, you are making significantly less working from home exclusively. Hmm, interesting, interesting. Now, the, uh, the tools of choice for remote workers tend to be Skype, Slack, and Trello. And when it comes to men and women working remotely, women are taking advantage of the benefits of remote work more often than men, with 23.5% of employed women working remotely in 2016 as compared to 21.5% of men. So there are a lot of pluses when working remotely, but what about the minuses? When I cited the C-Trip study, I mentioned how most of the workers returned to the office because they felt lonely working from home. By contrast, a study from Tiny Pulse suggests that those who had been telecommuting between 6 to 10 years reported being happier telecommuting than those who were working remotely in the first year. So maybe that loneliness factor is more felt by people who aren't used to telecommuting. Possibly, maybe, I don't know. Regardless, it's not the only problem remote workers face. The Harvard Business Review polled 1,100 employees and found that remote workers often felt shut out. Here are a few quotes from that article. Polled 1,153 employees and 52% said they work at least some of the time from their home office. And when they do, many feel their colleagues don't treat them equally. Remote employees are more likely to report feeling that colleagues mistreat them and leave them out. Specifically, they worry that coworkers say bad things behind their backs, make changes to projects without telling them in advance, lobby against them, and don't fight for their priorities. They report that workplace politics are more pervasive and difficult, and when conflicts arise, they have a harder time resolving them. When remote members of a team encountered common workplace challenges, 84% said the concern dragged on for a few days or more, while 47% admitted to letting it drag on for weeks or more. Hmm. Remote employees report larger negative impacts of these challenges than their on-site colleagues on results, including productivity, cost deadlines, morale stress, and retention. So what's the verdict on all this? Will the future of work be done at home or at the office? Well, without a doubt, it will be done in both locations. So many reports say that trend of working remotely is not going away anytime soon. As such, I think it's best to look at what managers and workers should be doing to make the practice best for all concerned. First, for the workers, some food for thought. The website Frugal for Less asked, do you really want to work from home? And then they list reasons to dissuade you. I think they are worth considering uh, because based on past experiences and some of the questions that they ask, telecommuting is not for everyone. 
Here are some of the more notable, notable quotes <laughs> from that article. Quote, some employers offer the option of working at home, but doing so may hurt your career. Research done by MIT Sloan Management Review found that employees who work remotely may end up getting lower performance evaluations, smaller raises, and fewer promotions than their colleagues in the office, even if they work just as hard or just as long. The important thing? According to their research, it is to have passive FaceTime with supervisors and coworkers. Hmm. Something else. When you work alone, you're less likely to benefit from creative collaboration. That's why CEO Marissa Mayer eliminated home-based positions at Yahoo. She told employees, communication and collaboration will be important, so we need to be working side by side. She added that great ideas come from talking in the hallway and cafeteria. If you think isolation might hurt your job performance, consider working in the office one or two days weekly, if that's allowed. Something else from that article? Uh, yes, this. If your work involves talking to people on the phone and you have kids screaming and dogs barking in the background, that lack of professionalism might hurt you. There are some psychological factors too. Some home workers say it's hard to be as professional when working in your underwear, even though bosses, clients, and customers can't see you. And then here's one point I thought was really interesting. Uh, the good news is that an employee working at home, you can deduct expenses at tax time. The bad news is that the rules for unreimbursed employee expenses are not always easy to understand. If you work for yourself at home, you'll have to track income and expenses, file a Schedule C, pay self-employment tax at a rate of 15.3%, and make quarterly tax payments. When you work at home, the whole record-keeping tax filing process uh, is more complicated. One more thing to think about if you are pursuing work-from-home opportunities, uh, consider taking a work-style test. Now, Psychology Today offers a free work style test you can take online. I will link to it from the show notes. Now, the work style test will help you learn about yourself and the type of working environments you do best in. Uh, for example, maybe working from home is not for you because you're too easily distracted and, ooh, oh, look, a squirrel. <laughs> look at that. Yeah. Oh, 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 where was I? Oh yeah, <laughs> I was about to give some advice to managers who oversee a remote workforce. I think that's what I was about to do. Now I wish I could say these are all my ideas, but truth be told, I discovered them on Harvard Business Review, which as I say this, I'm realizing that I, I read that publication a lot. Okay, uh, some best practices for managing remote workers are, uh, one, check in frequently and consistently with your remote workers, whether that is weekly, bi-weekly, daily, stay in touch, stay consistent. Number two, use face-to-face -face or voice-to-voice -voice contact. Make a visit to remote employees or schedule a mandatory in-office day uh, once a week, month, quarter, year. 
use this time for team building. If in-person meetings are not possible, at a minimum, use video conferencing technology or pick up the phone to ensure colleagues occasionally see one another's face or hear one another's voice. Number three, make expectations explicit. When it comes to managing remote teams, being clear about expectations is mandatory. Managers who are direct with their expectations of both remote and on-site employees have happier teams that can live up to those expectations. Number four, demonstrate familiarity and comfort with technology. Successful managers don't just resort to phone or email. They are familiar with video conferencing technologies and a variety of services like Skype, Slack, IM, Adobe Connect, and more. They often tailor their communication style and medium to each employee. Sort of like finding their love language. <laughs> and uh, finally, uh, prioritize relationships. Uh, team building and camaraderie are important for any team, but good managers go out of their way to form personal bonds with remote employees. I can't help but think that I missed sharing something important as if I left something out. If you feel the same way, send me a note via my website, jimstroud.com. Unless you are at the office, then do it when you get home. And if your home is your office, then please do it now. Thank you. If you love what you heard, hate what you heard, or don't know what you just heard, I want to know about it. You can leave a comment concerning this podcast on my website at www.jimstroud.com. In addition to finding source material and related information for this podcast episode, you'll find other goodies that I hope will make you smile. And if you have not already, please subscribe to my website. Your continued support keeps this podcast train chugging down the track. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Joe. And, and we're, we're the, the Professional, professional book, book Nerds. Nerds. Two Mondays a month, we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books, what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe. On Thursdays, we share recommendations and dive into topics readers face, like how do I actually read the books on my to-be-read list? You can find the Professional Book Nerds podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always, happy, happy reading! reading.